0: Welcome to Rooted Light, a show that centers on the path of being human first and the divine play of life on earth. This podcast aims to explore the bridge between mysticism and what it means to be a modern day human who is devoted to full spectrum healing. I am your host, Melanie Custodio. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Rooted Light. Today's podcast, I am very intrigued to talk about. I don't have a specific sort of agenda on where it's going to go. I try to outline some things and I've this always happens to me. I, I start to outline things and then I'm like, you know, I think I'm just going to jump in. <laughs> And that's always how I've been ever since I was a a kid in school. I never did well with preparation and tend to just do best with jumping in. So I I apologize in advance if this episode feels a little bit all over the place because I have a feeling it will be. And I am going to try to keep it as grounded and as flowing as I can. But what I wanted to talk about today is, is a little bit more new agey. And it's actually, I, I feel like I'm being asked to talk about that space, like kind of like the new age spiritu- spirituality space, but also kind of the, from the lens of where I feel like I want to be in that space, at least for right now. And I recognize that that could change. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can't help but notice that this is the seventh episode now of my podcast. And I can't help but notice that I feel... Like most of the podcast episodes are a little bit more centered on the individual process of healing, which, you know, is sort of jam packed, filled with could be anything. But it's also, I've noticed, a little bit more on the spectrum of, you know, emotional healing and integrating painful experiences and inner child work and, and stuff like that. And I love that stuff, of course, and I will continue to talk about all of those things. And I also, I feel like it's very important for me to talk about the other stuff. And what I mean about the other stuff is, I believe in the intro to this to this podcast, I say this is, I'm the intention of this show is to bridge mysticism with the human experience and how those things collaborate together. And I've been a little bit more on the human side and a little bit less on the mysticism side. And that is an important part of what has shaped me and where i'm I've been and where I continue to go is the mysticism part, and I can't help but notice like a little bit of resistance and fear to go there um I think it's it's so deep, I can't even begin to unpack all the reasons why um but yes fear of judgment is one of them but i think even bigger than the fear of judgment is the f- the the tendency i have to feel accountable for what another person thinks or how they feel and i'm still learning to separate myself from that what do i mean by that i don't want to program you. (laughs) That is not my intention. And I think a lot of people have resistance to new agey type thinking and spiritual spaces because of a variety of reasons. One of them being uh, maybe trauma around dogmatic religion and like cult-like mentality of being told what to believe or literally being manipulated in what to believe. And that, of course, is terrifying and can be, um, it can get pretty dark. (laughs) And so it is something that I feel like I want to tread lightly when talking about my own philosophy on certain spiritual concepts or my hot takes even on them because I, I'm not here for that. I, I always, when someone steps in to work with me on a reading even, I, I try to always say, do not give your power away to me. As we step into this reading together, please ensure that you are staying clear in your own energy and that you are creating some separation from me and to know that my word is not the gospel and my um, I, I am human. So same thing goes, I guess, if I begin to, which I will in this episode, but even if this podcast, the show starts to veer a little bit more in the direction of, uh, spirituality, mysticism, esotericism, all of that stuff is you are totally free and available to completely disagree with me and you, I honor you and respect you on your own journey, period. (laughs) um but and I also want to get a little bit more silly and a little bit more like um what's the word I want to have a little bit more wonder in this podcast because I do think it has a tendency to get kind of heavy and like thick and like healing is hard, and it's like constantly you constantly trying to face the world and what it presents to you and all of these things and that is not all of it that's just one one side of it, one facet of it um and there is is so much more there's so much more um yeah, so before i don't. I'm just going to start with this, I guess. Um, I have a teacher, uh, a spiritual teacher, who describes people who step into new age spaces as riding the spiritual tour bus. <laughs> and I, this this is something that I can't help but laugh because that that was me, and probably is still me in some way. And maybe you can relate to this too, or you know someone who um, fits this description, which is all of a sudden you have a sense of awareness. And I don't know what the key to opening up that awareness is for you. For me, I think it was always there since I was uh, a kid, but when I really started to walk into reading cards, reading tarot cards um, and in astrology, was sort of my gateway. But typically there's like some type of uh, something of that nature, some some tour bus stop, you could say, where you're suddenly more aware of what reality is. And that there is so much more than what we can see with our physical eyes and what our everyday experience is. So then it feeds kind of this insatiable, um, curious student, at least it did for me, where it's just like, oh, tarot cards, like what it like you know let me learn more about archetypes let me learn a little bit more about numerology let me and i definitely like systems like spiritual or esoteric systems were a huge um <laughs> really important stop on the spiritual tour bus for me so things like gene keys and human design and astrology and numerology and I don't mean to dismiss that because there are many, many, many people who their focus and their um, their work is centered around that system. So this is not to minimize the work of incredible wise astrologers and human design coaches and all of those things. That is not to uh, dismiss that it's I think those systems are wonderful I also think that sometimes we can get lost in them and we sort of take them as rather than having them be collaborators to weave in in our life's experience and how we go about the world with with knowledge and sort of an informed template we take the system sometimes and we make it be the framework for our lives. And there's a huge difference there. There's a huge difference, I think, is is taking something and make it be the blueprint of our lives versus having the blueprint as something that we can always pull out and access when we need to, you know that. The, so that's a little bit of a tangent on its own, but I will say that that was sort of my first uh, tour bus stop. But there are others, you know. Then it, you know, you start opening up sort of these little subgenres in pop culture spirituality, which is, you know, you you could name any sorts of things. It could be. Getting lost in the idea of ancient civilizations like Atlantis or Lemuria or Egypt. Um, Working, getting really interested in working in different types of channeling and working with interdimensional beings and guides. Or maybe it's with the galactics, (laughs) the galactic worlds that live out in the cosmos in different dimensions. Or it's even maybe just working with plant medicine. And plant medicine, of course, all of these things are sacred. And uh, plant medicine in particular, I believe, is very sacred, especially in certain lineages. And again, this is not to poo-poo on that. But I think we can all see how as these things become a little bit more wider available, they also become easier to um, manipulate and hijack and exploit for the masses, right? Right. So, so there's this kind of idea of the spiritual tour bus that, and like you stop and one stop and then you're like, oh, this is amazing. And then you kind of go into the next stop and then you move on to the next stop. And there's, I, I've noticed within myself, I think it's, it, I, I've sort of been through this a little bit. I've definitely have spent a lot more time in some spots, um, spots, I meant to say stops, some stops versus others. But what I've noticed around that energy is the feeling of, okay, what's next? What else can I learn? What else is there? How much, like, what does this show me about me? How, show me more, show me more, show me more. And yeah, I think I think that's when things start to feel ungrounded for some people. I know for myself there have been moments where I've been filled 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 with everyone's perspective on the possibility of of this and this and this and then some of it really flirts really closely with like conspiracy theories and all these other things and then you're getting lost. And then you're getting lost in, wait, what do I believe in? And what feels accurate for me? And it can be very confusing. And also... I've found is when I think when I reached a, a little bit of a tipping point in the in this sort of dynamic was when I was like, how can I relate with the people that I love if I'm always here? Like if my energy is always in all these other places. Because then I think there's also this idea of, well, I'm awake or whatever that is. And, like, I need to wake up other people. <laughs> and it's like, no, like, who's awake here? Like, who is who is awake here? Is it, you know, if I found myself in this place where I wasn't... Again, I think I, to put it into perspective, I don't think I got super, super lost. Um, But there, there was a moment where I had a little bit of a looser grasp on reality. And I was like, well, damn it. I don't really know what feels real. And... I think that that can be a really murky place and again, this is not to make any of these things look bad because I think all of them, all of these stops and all of the journey that I went on was extremely important and extremely fertile ground for me to be, become who i am now and who i continue to become <laughs> but i i guess when i start to talk about maybe things that are a little bit more on what can't be seen what can't be really seen with our physical eyes and when we're postulating on different ideas of what reality is, is to, to recognize that what brings you back to your lived human experience. And that is what's of utmost importance. And I do believe our realities can shift drastically. I can go there. I can go there with the Quantum jumping with the timeline hopping and all that stuff. And I think all of that happens if we consider our lived everyday reality as, as the fertile ground, as the avenue to get there. Not by bypassing the human experience. It's It's almost like this, I like to use this analogy, I don't know if this metaphor or analogy makes any sense, but I'm going to use it anyways, because it's what came through before I stepped into this podcast, which is, if we are latching on to um, different types of teachings and different types of concepts that sort of broaden our awareness, which is a good thing. It is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But if we get stuck there, we may not actually take advantage of what those teachings and what those concepts are trying to illustrate to us. So it's almost like if you decide, and I've never been to France or Paris, but if you decided that you wanted to take a trip to Paris, and so you go there, you fall in love with the city, you do all the main attractions, you talk to all the people there who are also really in love with Paris, and you decide that you're like, this is amazing. I love what this place is and I love the potential and the culture of this place. I would like to stay. I'd like to stay here. And for some people, maybe they do stay for a long, long time. But maybe you start to realize that I really liked Paris and I loved everything about it. And now I think after a few weeks or a few months or whatever it is, a few years, I really think I'm, I want to do something else. So then you start to kind of branch out. Maybe you just decide to go beyond city limits or a little bit further into the countryside and you have awareness that you can always kind of go back to paris and see what it is that you really liked about it and spend time with the um, these the sights and the and the experiences there but then you start to find more more meaning and more joy out of sort of the simplicity that maybe exists in the villages outside, and you start to see how all of that is just as rich as it was to be in Paris so it's like how can you take the riches of the highlights of the high simulation the 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 juices of of a place and then be able to to carry that into your life knowing that you can always go back but it doesn't necessarily shape your experience you don't need it so i don't really know like that for some reason was a a metaphor that i wanted to to use I don't know if that entirely explains, like, what I mean by this idea of, like, spiritual tour bus, but I think we can all relate to going to a place and being really excited about going and having an amazing time and having a an amazing time and recognizing when it's time to leave. And... Again, this is not like I don't mean to cast that net on everyone because some people deeply have a very in deep connection to a place, and that may be literally Paris for you. Um, and that's not for those people, but I think we can all recognize like what it's like to to be a, um, experiencing kind of all of the 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 attractions and um get sucked in and then realize okay I think I think it's time for me to take a step back and it's time for me to keep going. So what has been helpful for me to determine when it's time for me to keep moving on my path versus like what is asking for my attention and for me to cultivate more? is when I ask myself if what I have been seeking has also been seeking me. Do you feel like you are reaching for knowledge, for um, answers, just from a place of, of scarcity or of fear of the unknown, or does it feel like what shows up in your reality was something that was divinely placed in there for you to open the door and walk into? And I can kind of look back on my spiritual tour bus trip and see how it was both of those things. It was both of those things. It was me definitely just like, oh, could this be my thing? Maybe now I can offer Akashic readings or maybe now I can do this or that. And also I needed to kind of go through those different places to, yes, open up my awareness and also to read into, actually, (laughs) that's just like, for whatever reason, my ego or my personality really wanted that. And it's, I'm, I'm actually being led here. So let's talk a little bit more about how do we, how do we create the divine within? How do we not bypass the human experience by kind of Jumping around and all the possibilities of different reality planes of reality, <laughs> and how can we come back to Earth and our own individual reality in a divine way and I'd like to say that i I know how to do that, and I don't (laughs) and that is definitely like my soul's curriculum I think in this lifetime is for me to get closer to learning that but I'm far 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 from mastering it and who knows when I will master it slash is it something to be mastered I don't know um but I, one of the things that has been really intriguing for me is the connection with the physical body and with the aura, with the nervous system as the bridge. And within the last podcast with my best friend, Caitlin Crossley, we flirted and I think in some ways talked around some of this and talked about some of this and that being safety, the nervous system and feeling safety in the body and how real healing happens once we learn how to be safe and how we can get in touch with our hearts and our intuition and get curious about our own patterns to be able to transform them. And I and I really believe like that is where the juice is. That is where the juice is. Um one of when I would say probably like a couple of years ago, I was all about the aura. And I am, I still am. The aura meaning, of course, the energy field around your body, your physical body. And I, of course, of course I was, because there is less pain there. If we can work on our aura and start doing energy work, we, we can sort of avoid pain. <laughs> we can just sort of bypass the physical body and just work on things outside of our body. And while there is a lot of juice there, and it is an, I think, an untapped resource with where we are in, in, in consciousness right now. I think the way society is moving, I do think we will become more and more curious and have developed more and more knowledge and, um, just frameworks to work with around energy and energy healing and work in general but where we are right now, I think, as a whole, is a, hanging out a little bit more in the mental health arena. Um, we we have we are in our infancy stages of really seeing the importance of mental health and how that is a massive undertaking both within the individual. And within communities and large global systems at large. Um, (laughs) A large part, like that is why war exists, is our wounding as humans and the perception of division. I'm not claiming that the answer to war is simple, as is a simple one. I'm just saying that that to me feels like. The origin of of why this exists, why separation exists is because of this, because of pain, because pain in the human experience, pain in the body. So I'm not exactly sure who's like listening to this podcast. Um, I know everyone has a different starting point in some of this stuff. And I am not, I wouldn't call myself an expert at all right now in this lifetime. I do believe that this is stuff that I have been working with for many, many lifetimes. But at this point, where I'm at right now in this lifetime, I recognize that I'm still a student and I'm still learning this. But one of the things that has become really clear to me is the idea of intuition and being able to stay in touch with your own channel of where your own when when i say your own channel we all have every single one of us we all have a connection a deep connection with our own psychic insight now whether that channel is we are getting connection with our guides or angels or ancestors or even just like a higher plane version of ourselves to be honest for I I often say I don't care. I don't care. I just as long as I know that that energy is coming from a divine place, it's coming from a clear place within myself, I know that it it will help me. So everyone has this capacity. And I think it can often be alluring to want to connect with this because, because what, for whatever reason, I, you know, I guess maybe for me, it felt really cool because I just liked it. I thought it was fun. Like the same idea that I thought astrology was fun. It was just like a general interest. Um, So there's just sort of like this, this veil of, it just seems cool, and maybe that's totally I think that's a valid reason to be honest, but as I've sort of integrated and deepened and I think matured a little bit, it's been really helpful for me to to work with my own intuition because it is helps be my, it's its my compass. So it's my compass on where I am being led. What is the next step that I'm being asked to take? Where—where Where is, not only what step am I being asked to take, but it also helps guide me to my shadow, it helps guide me to exactly where I'm, I need to kind of sit and observe a pattern that I did not realize that I was living in. And so there's there's so much to be harvested in in this idea of of staying attuned to your own energy and staying connected with your intuition. And so some of you may be like, okay, so what exactly does that mean on a bigger scale? Like, what does that mean? Like, are you reading people's auras? Are you reading your own aura? Do you need to have clairvoyance? Do you need to, you know, have some other psychic sense? Where is is the starting point? And my answer is you don't need any of those things and you don't need any of the things that I'm about to talk about, but a lot of these things will help. (laughs) So, um, the body. Many of us are living outside of our bodies. And don't take that too, too, too literally. Obviously, we are in our bodies. But there are many of us uh, who are not in tune with the messages of our body. And so one could ask themselves, how are we supposed to be attuned to messages that come through our energy body if we can't first become aware of the sensations within our body. That is almost like a basic, the first rung on the ladder. Okay, so what does that mean? On a very basic level noticing when you're hungry and noticing when you need to go to the bathroom and actually responding to it. That would be kind of the first thing. (laughs) Um, But it's bigger than that. It's, It's also, like, recognizing, like, when you are being faced with a difficult situation or having a meeting tension with another person like what is happening do you do you recognize that you are feeling an emotion underneath that situation other than just tension or other than just discomfort do you notice that you have a weight on your chest? Do you notice that your shoulders are starting to migrate up to your ears? Do you notice that your back starts to tighten up? Do you notice that your breath is being held or maybe it's increasing in rate? All of these things are an important part of the equation is recognizing and getting curious because what happens is many of us and to not to absolutely no fault of our own we get kind of stuck in our heads because we need to label everything we have a a a a society that's heavily based on language and concepts and so it's very easy to to separate the sensations and the experiences of our physical body and and kind of shove them to the side and say oh i'm just tired or oh i'm just busy i just need to get through this or oh this person doesn't like me, so that's why I'm feeling not great, or whatever it is. But I believe we are doing ourselves a really large disservice if we aren't remaining curious as to what is actually happening underneath that. I'm putting this numerically, but you you can still be in touch with your intuition while maybe not being entirely embodied. It, you don't need to have one mastered in order to do the other. It's more so, it's very, it's very prismatic, it's very multifaceted, and it's more so that all of these things sort of create the um the operating system you you could say to be able to connect so starting with the physical body being kind of the lowest density on the rung of that ladder and now if you have been in new age spaces you have probably heard the idea of we are all energy and that's true and so How do we reconcile the fact that we are all energy and also we are, you know, living in meat suits and all of that? Well, to me, the nervous system, the nervous system, which includes the uh, central nervous system, which is your brain and your spinal cord, and then your peripheral nervous system, which is all the nerves that stem from the central nervous system. That is the bridge of the physical body to your aura and to, like, other energies surrounding you and the messenger. And now we know that the nervous system helps deliver messages to the body, saying, increase your heart rate, digest this material, contract this muscle. And we also know that our brain is a part of our nervous system, (laughs) a big, big part of our nervous system. And it's where we have a lot of our emotions and our ability to reason and all sorts of things what we still don't really know is how the brain's able to do that. (laughs) You know, the, it's like, almost like in, in science to me is like this big gap of like, yeah, we understand that our thoughts come from here and that when our like the complex in our brain that allows us to generate fluid movement in our body is here. And our the part of our brain that allows us to be able to construct words in sentences is here. And the the part of our brain that allows us to physically see is here. And like, yeah. And also, what controls that? <laughs> like, what? El- and that's where I think it's like, okay, that's where I think science and um, spirituality, like has that bit of separation, and I also think that's where all the magic is. So to me, the nervous system is this incredible net, this incredible net and network that connects what extends beyond our physical body which is the etheric layer of our aura and then other many other layers to our aura and how it's communicating between our aura and our body and our brain. So, if we are receiving psychic information, we in a lot of ways we are activating certain parts of our brain that are otherwise probably underactive in everyday life to be able to do that. I like to think of our aura or our energy around us as being kind of like a sponge. And we will always have things in our energy. It's going to happen, just like a sponge is going to you wipe a sponge, if it's like empty, if it's not saturated, filled with stuff, it's going to pick up dirt and other things. It's going to get dirty, okay? Just like our own energy does. And when our nervous system is dysregulated, it is acts. As if our sponge or our energy field is chaotic, it's filled, it's saturated, it has no capacity to be able to catch something maybe we want to catch, right? So if our sponge is filled and it's, it's um, completely saturated and we want to clean up a, a puddle on the counter and we can't do that because it's filled, So you can apply that same analogy to trying to live a heart-led life, to try to live a life connected to yourself, your own intuition, your own divine insight. But that can be really difficult to do. That can be really difficult to do if you're full. If you're full, you're dysregulated, right? And so what does that mean? What does having a dysregulated nervous system mean? Well, it's a super hot space right now. I don't know if you're kind of living in that space on social media, um, but it's, it's starting to come alive a little bit more, um, and I think for good reason. And well, first, having a regulated nervous system first starts with having your basic needs met. So having clean water, having being well-fed, having shelter, having clothing, having basic security needs, that's sort of like the base of the pyramid. And then, like, having meaningful and supportive connection and community, like friendships and family and intimacy... And then, of course, like feeling a sense of integrity and a sense of purpose within oneself. All of these things help create a a regulated nervous system. Now, all of that sounds really simple, right? Like, okay, just regulate my nervous system. That can be really difficult to do when we don't feel safe in our lives. And that doesn't have to look like, although it can, but it doesn't have to look like living in a place that's actually unsafe. Or it doesn't have to look like not having, or being homeless. Although all of those things are really, of course, um, a huge threat to the nervous system. We can feel unsafe in our nervous systems by having a job and making enough money, having a partner that cares about us, and maybe just, you know, living regular ordinary lives. But if we have trauma, whether that's big T trauma or a bunch of micro traumas that have entrenched in our subconscious as certain patterns, We could be living out our lives still feeling unsafe. And that, I do feel like that deserves (laughs) another whole podcast episode. Um, But this idea of of safety is a, a massive one. And if we aren't doing the things to try to cultivate uh, appropriate responses to our environment that allows us to feel safe, we're always going to feel full. We're always going to feel like we are at capacity or beyond capacity. And if we are that full It creates a bunch of noise in our aura, kind of like the sponge that's full. Our energy becomes full, it becomes frenetic, like a lot of noise, and we're unable to really cut through to get to the heart and soul of the matter or to connect with our own intuition. One of the things that you hear a lot in new age spaces is raising your vibration. And while there is some, like to me, there is some truth to that, It I also feel like it is less about raising your vibration, raising your frequency, so meaning the frequency of your aura, and a little bit more about Making sure that your energy, your aura, is coherent. Meaning that it's not filled with a bunch of other people's energy. And others' people's energy doesn't necessarily have to look like, you know, you are filled with um, the opinions or perspectives of a bunch of people in your family or your community. It could literally be a trapped belief that you've held on to, no fault of your own, from when you were a child. And that has stayed stuck almost like an energy stain in your aura and and continues to persist even now. But it can also look like you taking in a bunch of, of stuff from your community or through social media and never really being able to um, connect back to yourself. So it has less to, to me this idea of your aura being um, a higher frequency because and being a little bit more being more of your own energy, your own frequency, having coherence, meaning if it were a wave, it would have a distinct pattern to it of, of a high and a low wave pattern. And versus like, you, I don't know if you've ever seen like, a, what do you call it, an echocardiogram where um, maybe something's going on with the heart and it's starting to The wave pattern is looking frenetic and and crazy. (laughs) That would be having an incoherent uh, energy field. And the goal, of course, is to you, none of us, none of us as a human here on Earth will ever always be in coherence all the time because that is not a part of being human, we are going to be going out into the world. People, we're going to have to interact with people. There will be points of tension. There will be points of joy. There will be points of having to run away. There will be points of having to um, meet resistance. There, we are going to get tripped up. We are going to get incoherent. We are going to get full of other people's energy. Where the real magic happens is when we are able to recognize that for what it is and to cultivate some type of practice. It could be any number of things where we can unwind. We can, whether that's maybe it's moving the body and then it's, um, having some intentional energy work practice where you're clearing your energy, whether it's co-regulating with a partner or a pet. There are any number of things that we can do to get back to our center, to get grounded, to get back into our own energy, to get coherent again. And as long as we can recognize that that place, that place of, of, of being connected with ourselves, of clearing out the clutter in our energy, in our nervous system. If we have some type of framework that we can kind of come back to as a centering point every day, that is the goal. That is the goal, is to always be able to come back and to remember, ah, this is what it feels like to be in my energy. This is what it feels like to, to feel at home in my body. I, From this place, I can see that the world is there and it's not necessarily scary. And once we're able to... Collaborate with all of those things. We are now able to turn the dial. We're able to now stay connected. I, from this place, now that I'm grounded and I'm centered, I feel like this is the action that I need to take. Then maybe you take that action then a whole new world opens up for you. A whole bunch of opportunity opens up for where you're going. And that, my friends, to me, is how the quantum jumping and the timeline hopping really happens, is through that process. And I think there are fun ways to incorporate other things along the way like asking for signs and looking for synchronicities and using tools like cards to help us along the way. Um, But that to me is like the bulk of where I feel like my work is calling me and how we engage with being uh, fully divine in the human experience. So... I know that that was all over the place, and I really hope that it landed, or at least, or at least partially landed for some of you. Um, but let me know what you guys thought of any of that. And I, I do best when I'm asked questions. Like I find it extremely difficult for me to just riff off on a concept. Or an idea, or a download. If I don't like, I it's almost like I need somebody to ask me something in order for me to be able to to bring that concept to life. Um, so I feel like I touched on a million different things, and I welcome any of you to ask me any questions about it, or like anything that you found interesting. Um, respectfully, of course, because I, I, you know, you can have whatever opinion you want. Um, you don't have to, uh, agree with any of the things that I said, but, um, that's just kind of where I'm at. So I love you all. And I hope to talk to you soon and please share the podcast, rate, rate the podcast, do all the things, Um, Because I very much love hearing from all of you. Have a great day and a great week. Bye.